Welcome to Charmaine Wilson, the Australian Media Podcast. Uh, good morning and welcome to my podcast. Now today I thought I'd talk about something just a little bit different that hopefully will assist you in your healing journey. Because one of the things I've found is that, well, one of the things we should have found anyway, is that we, um, we make choices every single day. Every single day you get up in the morning and you make a choice. You actually make a choice about how you're going to feel. You make a choice how you're going to react to different things. So that's what I want to talk about. How much, is your, how much are the choices you may, uh, that you are making, how much are they impeding with your healing journey? And that's where I want to go today. Because far too many people, um, they are basically held back because they choose to give attention to so many negative aspects of their life rather than the positive aspects. Now, many, many years ago, it is many years ago now, I think it was 2007, I went to Vipassana. Now, Vipassana is a 10-day silent meditation retreat. And it was one of the best things I have ever done with in my entire life. Basically, what Vipassana taught me was that you need to sometimes, when you are in an emotional or a, a very, you know, a, a, a horrible situation, that you need to step back and not jump in emotionally straight away. You need to make the choice to calm down before you react or overreact or whatever it may be. Now, let's just have a look at this. Now, I have met a lot of people, of course, in my work and everything. And I'm going, first of all, I'm going to talk about um, how many people actually spend time thinking about past things that have gone wrong. So, for instance, I have met more women than I care to count that even decades after their relationship has ended, they are divorced, some are in a new relationship, However, they choose to always talk about the relationship that was terrible. They choose to focus on the pain it caused them. Now, I've, I think the worst is when, when someone is in a new relationship and they're still choosing to be angry at a previous relationship because there's no sense being angry at a previous relationship if you have moved on to a new relationship. I understand in the cases of children, there may be times when you have every right to be angry with your ex, but make it momentarily. Make it about the subject on hand. Don't use um, any occasion that they may be late dropping the kids off or whatever the hell it is to make sure that don't use that occasion to delve deep into all of the pain that your ex caused you. Don't delve deep into that. Another thing I find is people can't wait to tell you how badly they were treated by their ex. They relive it every single time they tell someone else. So every time, if you were unfortunate enough to be in a severe domestic relationship, okay, if you a domestic violence relationship, excuse me, and if you are having trouble letting go of that, I urge you to seek counselling to somehow unload that because a lot of people that I have met they are still going through what happened in their previous relationship and they're making it dark in their days. They're telling everybody they can about what a shitty relationship it was 
And all they're doing is reliving it for that moment. It's already past, guys. Don't bring up the negative aspects of your past to pollute the positive day that you could have if you chose not to talk about the ex, okay? So that's what I'm that this is this is where I'm going. This is what I mean. Is we all have choices every single minute of the day actually. So if you are in the unfortunate position of having been into a domestic relationship, as I said, a, vi- a domestic violence relationship, and you cannot let go of that, it means you haven't healed. And if you haven't healed, um, don't, don't make every single day bad about that. Learn to let go of that bad situation. If you can't let go, go and get help. That is 100% true. I know I have been in violent relationships and I know how hard it was to forgive and to let go. And when I say forgive, it means I no longer hold a grudge because I understand that the whole time I was in that violent relationship, I chose to stay there for the next episode of violence. I understand my part in it. It was a two-way street. Should it have been happening? No. Should I have stayed? Definitely not. But I chose to. And I chose to belt it out. So it's not fair of me when I put myself in that situation and I had every exit, every exit. I did personally. I know some people don't have every exit. And I hope if you are listening to this and you don't have an exit, I hope you find one soon. Because by staying in a, in, in a terrible relationship that is violent and disruptive and just soul-destroying and it's never going to get better and there's no way you're going to fix it if you've been in that situation for a long time. The first time a man hits you, it should not. It, that's the time that you should leave, the first time he hits you. Not the second, third, 20th time because they're not going to change. Some men are violent. Some men will change but most, the large majority, that you let him get away with it once, they're going to try and do that again. Okay, no matter what they say. So that that just if you are in the cycle of domestic violence and you feel that you can't get out, I urge you to try harder. There is a way, there are many government agencies who will rescue you from that domestic violence situation. It doesn't matter if you've got a house with the person, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's only a house, it's not your soul, and your soul can be irreparable if you stay with that person that does that to you, okay? So that's where I want to go first. So you have a choice. Everybody has a choice every single day. You have a choice whether to stay in that relationship. And once that relationship is over, you have a choice whether to relive it. And if you can't stop reliving it, you have a choice whether to go to counselling and stop that. But one thing I will urge you to do, is remember that every time you decide to relive that situation, that is your choice, okay? Your choice. You are choosing to put that hurt on yourself. The ex probably never thinks about it. Probably thinks, thank God that's over. I made mistakes. I really screwed that up. I'm so glad. Um, But sometimes I found a lot of people will keep on going back to that. Okay. Now, the second thing I want to talk about is also the choices in grief. 
and this is very important. I remember when um, when my daughter died, there were many, many times where I chose to look in that coffin. I chose to imagine in my mind what she went through at the time of death. I chose that. I chose to torture myself for 13 years after she passed away, actually. I chose that. I chose to, um, as many of you know, my daughter's ashes were spread without my consent. I chose to get angry about that. I didn't go down there and face them. I mean, obviously I couldn't afford to, but I didn't do anything. I just told everybody about what a terrible, terrible thing that it was. And I didn't let it go. I let myself get hurt every single time. The only reason that I talk about it now is as an example. I am no longer hurt by that. I don't, it doesn't worry me. Being a medium, I totally understand that the ashes are just a part of it, right? So I have now chosen to, besides talk about it with my work, I have chosen to not worry about that anymore. I'm no longer concerned about that situation. My little girl travels with me and she also travels with her other family as well. That's what she does. She loves them just as much as me. And it is no sense me being angry over something that is so unchangeable, you know. So that's another thing you have to look at too. Sometimes what we do now, I've seen this particularly in the case of people who take themselves home. Their mums or their parents um, will keep trying to um, find a reason for it. They keep trying to okay, well, it must have been the girlfriend or maybe it what? Maybe they didn't do it, maybe it was murder. I can't tell you the amount of people who have hounded the police because they feel like that their son would never have. Now, look, rightfully so, if that's what you have to do and that's part of your journey, but it comes to a point eventually when you must listen to the coroner because if, just say, for instance, your person was found hanging, I don't mean to be so gruesome and give you a terrible image um, a coroner will know whether it was self-inflicted or whether it was forced remember that okay remember that they will know so you don't have to believe the police wait for the coroner's report and listen to that but for goodness sakes when you find the report stop looking stop torturing yourself every single day the major reason that people take themselves home is because they suffer untreated or unrecognised depression of some description, okay? And that is the reason. That is the reason. Some people have a faulty heart. Some people have faulty kidneys. Some people have faulty liver. Some people have a faulty mind. And the sooner you can accept that and stop making a choice to deny it or to not accept it every single day, the sooner you are going to start healing. You see... You can't heal when you're always looking for reasons why something happened. I mean, geez, even when my daughter died, I kept looking for reasons. For a long time, I looked for reasons. Why did he leave the party? Why didn't anybody stop him leaving the party? Why did people just let them put my little girl in the car? Yeah, all those whys. What a waste of bloody time that was. They did. It happened. And she is where she is. I spent too many years on that wondering why, 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 why. It drove me insane and kept me in a negative and depressed state of mind. So I want you to think about are you spending too much time on whys that you are never going to get answered, okay? 
Because some of these whys will not be answered. No matter how dig you deep, no matter how much you ask, they will not be answered. So, you know, unless you find out the whys in the first three months, there are not going to most likely be no answers. Now, let's talk about murder in this case. Now, that is one of the ones that is going to be really, really tough, particularly if the person has not, uh, you know, the, the culprit who who um, took your loved one's life away, has not been found or convicted. But I want one thing with you people to understand um, if you have had someone that has had their life taken away, okay? Number one, it is going to be hard to um, for you to get through the grief, a little harder for you guys to get through the grieving process in one way than say it is with someone who took themselves home and it is a definite suicide, because when you have murder, you have to go through a lot of court cases. And the court cases are going to keep that doorway open when you are going to constantly be wondering what's happening, it's going to keep you on edge. And in those cases with someone who's had someone who's had their life taken by somebody else, I urge you just to do your very best and choose as often as possible, particularly when you're sitting in those court cases, in those courthouses, to remember your person when they were happy and lovely and try not to um, – and just just try to switch yourself back to a happy place as often as possible until the court case is over. Once the court case is over and the person's been convicted, I do hope that you settle somewhat. I understand that you will be keeping an eye on that person and should they appeal, I understand that you may be a part of that. But in the interim, try very hard to choose not to imagine what your kids went through or your person went through. Try very hard not to imagine that. Try very, very hard not to um, try and take your place to where your child or your, or your loved one was. Try hard not to do that because you will never know exactly and you may just be upsetting yourself by choosing to think about the possibilities okay it will be natural for the first year or so for you to do that I know that but eventually self-preservation will be needed and you will need to have to find another way to remember your loved one not at the end of their life you need to remember your loved one as they were happy and alive okay that is another choice you can make and it will take time that choice but as soon as you can start to replace the pictures of the coffin or your perceived images of what they went through or your or the deathbed and really try hard that when you bring those images up or those thoughts up to replace it with a happy thought. And I say this because sometimes those images come up unbidden without you even thinking about thinking about them. But they will come up occasionally and what you need to do is you just need to switch the switch. Just change it just a little bit, okay? You see, we all have choices. Um, now, a lot of people um, – and we have choices in our health as well. Now, I remember um, I did something about this little video about this uh, a couple of years ago. Now, I had someone come up to me and they said that they had cancer and that they didn't smoke and they didn't drink, they had nothing to deserve and I was full of crap when I said this video. 
And, and, and I understand her being angry, but I am so tired of people who come onto a stranger's page and just abuse them because they have an opinion that differs from somebody else. But what I said about health choices were we can choose to um, treat our bodies any way we want. If you want to smoke like a chimney, smoke like a chimney. It's your choice. But there will be consequences of that in the future. And if those consequences should be lung cancer, then that is exactly what you, you, got, the, you got the cancer for, was because you kept smoking. If you want to drink, drink. But if your liver starts to fail, then you have to make a choice about that too. There are so many things we do. Some people overeat. Some people drink too much. Some people smoke too much. Let's not even start with the drugs. All of these things will have an effect on your body in the long run. Now, sometimes, you know, and, and obviously most of us were younger once and we did some stupid things. And some of those stupid things we did in our youth are going to come back and bite us. But that was when we weren't thinking. And we weren't thinking about the future, were we? We're only thinking about the moment of time, which we should have. But as we get older, we need to be a little bit more sensitive towards that and a bit more sensible as well. So really start thinking about your choices with your health as well. Now, I don't think that um, stopping smoking or stopping drinking or stopping any of those things is going to guarantee you won't get cancer. But it's going to go a long way towards it, isn't it? You know, some people are predisposed to get cancer because of their genetics and some people are not. And I suppose I'm really aiming at the people who are not predisposed to get cancer because of their genetics. I'm talking about the people who do things to their body and then get cancer and then have a bit of a whinge about it. You had choices, buddy. You had choices the whole way. You had choices when you started to feel your lungs get heavy. You had choices when you started putting on weight. You had choices when you started getting so drunk and blacking out. You had choices. And if it's come back to bite you on the backside and you haven't woken up to that, and that's on you. That's nothing to do with the doctors. And if they can't cure that, no sense your family getting angry about it because you had choices. You all had choices, okay? So that you know that that that's the truth. And, that, and I understand why that woman got upset with me because she was predisposed to getting cancer. I wasn't really aiming at people that day. I was aiming at the people who aren't. Now you don't know if you're predisposed to get cancer. We don't know that. We do know if we have a genetic um, preference to that, if our people, all of our people are passed with cancer, then you guys should be more careful than ever, is what I'm saying, okay? But the truth is we have choices in every single thing we do, every single thought that we have, every single, um, every single direction that we go and we have choices, Okay? It's even with social media, we have choices. And, and, and this, this is a big one too. The social media aspect of our lives is starting to affect the world and the way that the world is going. I can't tell you how many of my once normal friends have gone really right-winged in terms of climate change and abortion and all of the things that, that and, and they, a lot of them aren't believing in science anymore. Um, they don't believe in um, medicine very much anymore. 
I mean, you've just got to have a look in the United States right now and measles is starting to kill babies again. How can that be in 2024? One time I went to the United States and it was snowing. And as we went past the cemetery, we saw that someone had put red flowers there. So we just had to stop and have a bit of a sticky beak, you know. The amount of graves of kids who had died from measles in 190, etc., etc., was phenomenal. It was horrible. One woman had six kids up there, six children. I think it was ages one, three, seven. They'd all died of measles, the whole bloody family. Because, you see, we have choices these days on immunisation, but a lot of people, because of the COVID thing, have decided that they know better than science and now babies are dying of measles in one of the most advanced countries in the world, which is incredible because a lot of people choose to read memes and, and, and listen to social media rather than to actually listen to science, okay? I had one friend today, which is ironic, that, that I saw today, and she had shared a meme about and, – and on the meme it had um, the wind towers and, you know, the, the wick windmills that we have for, use for power, wind turbine. And next to it was a um, – and this was an Irish page, of course <laughs> – and next to it was um, a bald eagle that had been um, obviously killed. I wasn't sure. To me, it looked like it was th- photoshopped, I'll be quite frank with you. Um, but my, I don't believe my friend looked at it that close and um, – and I thought to myself, you know, and she is a woman, she's a First Nations lady, I think, and, um, and I looked at it and I thought to myself, wow, so you don't believe in climate change and you don't, and, and not only that, but you don't believe that we should do anything to change it. Now, okay, I understand that some birds are getting killed by the wind turbines, but it's like one billion Birds a day, uh, a year, are killed in America going into high-rises. So shall we just knock down all the high-rises as well? But that, that, that you know, it, but she's making a choice not to believe that climate change, that change in the climate is possible. And I think that you're probably right at this point. Um, I don't think that we're going to be going too far into the future in this world, quite frankly. I think that we do. We're going to have to live inside and living outside will not be possible. That... Just a little future for glimpse I think I've had, but I might be gone by then with any luck. Okay. So, see, we have choices in social media. We really do have choices in social media. We have choices of, of how what we feed our brain. So one thing I will urge you, particularly with social media, is if any time you ever think, well, that's a bit sus, you know, any news article, particularly by Fox, sorry, guys, particularly by Fox News, anything by Murdoch, Check, recheck, triple check. And I mean that. I have no idea why media and politicians want to have so much control over people and so much control over the way they think. I don't know why. I don't know why men now choose to control women's rights in America. I don't know why. I don't understand their choices I suspect it's just about control, but to be honest with you. But all I know is that every day that we get up and we start scrolling our phones, we have a choice of what to believe and we have a choice whether we take every single thing we see at face value. I urge you to research and 
on authentic pages. Um, you know, like if you're researching something in a newspaper, go Guardian or ABC Australia if you're an Australian. Because honestly, anything else is going to be too far left or too far right. But, you know, I'm going to finish off this talk now. I know I've been babbling on a bit. But I just want you guys to understand that you can choose to heal if you wish. You can choose to heal from broken relationships. You can choose to heal from losing someone. You can choose to heal from anything that you wish. You can choose to heal your body if it's starting to go a little bit ratty now because you're getting older and you've been smoking and drinking too long. You can choose that. You can choose all of those things. But you have to want to make the choice. But the one thing I will urge you is to choose very carefully what you feed your mind every day when you wake up. Choose to have a good day. Choose to be the third party that looks in at emotional situations. And by that, I mean, just say, um, just say for instance, um, your daughter rings up and she's in a shit of a mood and, and she's rah, 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 and then you think, oh, my God, I was in a good mood. And, and then you start getting irritated. Choose to stand back, breathe, listen to what she's saying and um, basically determine whether she wants advice or an ear and if she just wants an ear say now do you feel better choose not to jump into her emotion and to just sit back and be calm with anyone really you can choose these things every single day of your life if you wish but you really have to understand that your mind is yours okay I think I'm learning I, 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 I am a musician and at the moment, I'm learning um, Redemption Day by Bob Marley. Um, well, I've just learned it, actually. But one of the lines is, emancipate yourself from mental freedom. From the emancipate yourself. <laughs> I can't even think of the line now. Emancipate yourself from mental slavery. None but ourselves can... Oh. Obviously, I haven't learnt the song. <laughs> the guitar I have. Emancipate yourself from mental slavery. None but ourselves can free our own mind. And that is the truth. Okay? And how you emancipate yourself from mental slavery is by being a third person, even in your own thoughts. Look, I hope that helps today. Um, I'm, I'm always looking, um, if, if you have any personal problems and... You would like to know if I can untangle them and help you with that? Please email me. I won't name your name. If I might just say your, you, you know, your, 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 your name. Just say you're Tracy. I might just say Tracy. Um, but I am more than happy to do that. It, it's, it really makes me happy if I feel like I can help someone with something. Either way, have a great day. I'm excited this week. I'm going to go and do a show in Redcliffe, my very first show with brand new knees. So. Actually, the very first show I've ever done in my history of being a medium without bad knees. There you go. Okay, have a great day, everyone. She talks to angles. Oops, angels. <laughs> You'll come back now. <laughs>